Hello and welcome to What's the Story Ghost? I'm your host Annette. And I'm Stephen. And today we are on episode 53. Stephen. Yeah. I know you've never been to Olympus, so there's no point in asking you if you've ever been to Olympus, but that's where we're going today. Woo! Yeah. Uh, so if anyone has noticed, uh, we have uh, rejigged our recording equipment. We're hoping that the sound is a lot better. I'm happier with it. I can hear you. <laughs> we crack on? Crack on. You would think growing up watching Disney's Hercules and then trying desperately to get the twins to watch it, I would have at least learnt that Zeus was in fact the baby of the family. Zeus's dad was Cronus. He married his sister Rhea. I know, I know, but I swear it's normal. But Cronus was warned that he would one day be overthrown by his children. Having done the exact same thing to his father, he of course could not let that happen. I presume Hestia was born first, then Demeter, followed by Hera, Hades and Poseidon. Only because that's the order their father ate them in. That's a surefire way to ensure your kids don't overthrow you and give your kids daddy issues all in the same breath. That is until the sixth child, Zeus, was born. By then, Rhea had sought the help of her mother Gaia, the primordial goddess and personification of Earth. They devised a plan to save them and eventually get retribution on Cronus for his acts against his father and children. Rhea secretly gave birth to Zeus in Crete and handed Cronus a stone wrapped in swaddling cloths, which he promptly swallowed, thinking it was his son. Why the reading of the family tree? Because sometimes when people do stupid things, it's helpful to know what they learned to be normal behaviour growing up. I will cover more on Greek mythology in other episodes. It's pure madness. For example... Zeus and the fact that he had seven wives, not unusual back then, but one of whom he ate while she was pregnant. Not sure if he knew that at the time, but it doesn't matter, stop eating people. Also, not just one, but two of his wives were his sisters. Again, sounds ick, but totally normal in Greek mythology. Today, I want to focus on one of Zeus's daughters, Persephone, whom he had with his wife Demeter. Yeah, his older sister. Moving on. Demeter was Olympian-born and the goddess of agriculture. She would tend to the earth's fields and the ancient Greeks would sow seeds of grain while celebrating Demeter. Persephone was usually regarded as the only child born to Zeus and Demeter. Both gods had children with other consorts. FYI, adultery was also totally normal in Greek mythology. Persephone and her mother had a wonderful relationship. Demeter adored her daughter, but also worried about her to no end. So Demeter would keep Persephone high up in Olympus to ensure her safety. The story goes that one day, after begging her mother to take her to Earth with her, Demeter caved and they both descended upon the Earth together. Persephone was left with the water nymphs as her guides and watchers while Demeter tended to the Earth. She was beside herself with glee. The earth was beautiful and full of the most delightful meadows and stunning foliage, but one flower in particular caught her eye. She saw a narcissus flower. In the middle of a grass patch, a little bit away from the stream she was playing in with the water nymphs. The narcissus flower, if you're not familiar, looks a little like a white petal daffodil with a yellowy-orange centre. So she got up and made her way over to the flower. 
It was stunning. She just had to have it. So she picked it. It smelled divine, and as she admired her find, she felt the earth tremble slightly, as did the sea nymphs who stopped playing in the stream immediately. On realising that Persephone had wandered off, they looked up just as Persephone was being dragged into a now huge cavity in the ground that formed right where the Narcissus flower once was. She was being dragged to the underworld by her uncle Hades on his dark chariot. Surely this couldn't be right. But it was right. You see, Zeus had promised his brother Hades, god of the dead and the underworld, that he could have the pick of any of his daughters to take as his wife and live with him in the underworld. One day, while out walking the earth, Hades caught a glimpse of Persephone and is said to have fallen madly in love with her. Don't say ah, it's not that kind of story. Instead of just walking up and saying hello and asking her would you like to grab a cup of ambrosia sometime? He decided to avoid the chance of being rejected and headed straight to Zeus to tell him he had decided who to take as his bride. But Zeus knew Demeter would never allow her precious daughter to be taken away from her, let alone live in the underworld. So a deal was struck between the two brothers and Demeter was none the wiser. See, not the cool nice guy Disney makes him out to be. Zeus sought the help of Gaia and the tree hatched a plan. Gaia provided the distraction and Hades performed the extraction. By the time Hades had dragged Persephone underground, Demeter was too late. The crater in the earth he had emerged from was gone. Demeter ran to Mount Olympus for help. Many of the gods had witnessed what just happened. In fact, many already knew of the plan. Demeter's pleas were met with cold shoulders. She was alone. But it didn't matter. Her love for Persephone was all the motivation she needed. So she searched far and wide for her precious daughter. All the while consumed with desperation, she neglected her duties as goddess of agriculture. Earth's crops began to wither and die, and a great famine swept across the earth. But as mortals began to die, the gods finally began to pay attention, as the realisation set in. With no mortals to worship or offer tributes to them, what would become of the gods? Zeus ordered Demeter to stop her pursuit and return to her duties. I shouldn't need to tell you by now, but I'm sure you can guess where she told him to shove his orders. Meanwhile, in the deepest depths beyond the river Styx, Persephone was not doing well. Not that she was sitting in a corner crying, no, no, she clearly had her mother's spirit, but she was making things far more difficult than Hades had expected. You see, Hades expected Persephone to serve as his wife and act as his queen. But despite being showered with gifts and praise and compliments, Persephone met his advances with disgust. She wasn't doing well because she refused to eat. She longed to be with her mother in the safety of Olympus, with her friends laughing and playing in the meadows and streams. She missed the sunlight. No one can imagine just how dark the deepest depths are but I imagine it started to eat away at her soul. And then she began to feel the pangs of hunger. Given her mother's godly duties, Persephone grew up around an abundance of grain and wonderfully fresh fruit all her life, and now in protest she was starving. But she did find herself wandering the gardens of the underworld. 
I know I said gardens, but get green and colours out of your mind. Again, that's not where we are. She saw the branches of a tree weighed down with huge pomegranates, licked her lips and contemplated. All the while, up top, Demeter continued her search. She consulted the all-seeing sun god Helios. Throughout time, they had worked together to grow crops and bring life, so she begged him for help. He told her that on the day her daughter was snatched, he had drawn his golden chariot across the sky and saw what happened and knew of a deal. Out of loyalty to Demeter, he told her of Zeus and Hades' wretched plan. Needless to say, Demeter was furious. But you know what they say, hell had no fury and all that. Demeter confronted Zeus on her return to Olympus, but Zeus refused to return Persephone. Meanwhile, wall fallen with hunger, Persephone gave in and ate only a few seeds from the pomegranate fruit that grew in the underworld. The problem was, if food grown in the underworld was eaten, you would be trapped there. Demeter refused to accept this fate for her daughter and swore if she wasn't reunited with Persephone, the fields would never be fertile again. Not a grain would be seen and the distinction between the earth and the underworld would cease to exist. So another deal was made, this time with all parties involved. For two thirds of the year, Persephone would return to her mother in the land of the living, but then would have to return to the underworld for the remainder of the year. On Persephone's arrival to Earth, and finally in her mother's embrace, they rejoiced. Their joy prompted the rain to drench the fields and sunlight to nurture them. In case you haven't guessed yet, to us mere mortals, we perceive this deal as the seasons. The time spent in the underworld was winter, and the time spent with her mother was spring through summer. Demeter would be so happy when her daughter was by her side, and she would mourn for her so fiercely while she was gone. Since Demeter could not be roused from her grief, mortals soon learned to store their crops, stay warm by their fires, and await Persephone's safe return. In other words, her transit symbolised death's bittersweet compromise with life and death, and the season's gradual change. Now, I can't say for sure if Persephone ever had any love for Hades, I do know she jealously had his ex turned into what we now know as the mint leaf because she was stupid enough to say that she was far more beautiful than Persephone and how she was going to win Hades back. Not sure if that constitutes as love, sounds a little bit more like mine. I don't want it, but mine. She soon fit into her role as the queen of the underworld, that's for sure, but it wasn't all bad. Her soft nature and compassionate side would at times influence decisions made. For example, the tale of Orpheus. He was a Greek musician with a supernatural ability to make beautiful music. One day, while his wife was walking alone, she was attacked by a satyr who attempted to assault her. She managed to get away, but fell into a pit of vipers in the process, where she received a fatal bite. When Orpheus found her body later that day, he sang a song of such grief that the gods and nymphs wept. They encouraged him to travel to the underworld and attempt to bring her back. However, one of the laws of the underworld is that once a human enters, they are not allowed to leave. But Persephone was so moved by his music that she persuaded Hades to allow Orpheus to go free and that he may take his wife with him under one condition. 
he wasn't allowed to look back until he reached the Earth's surface. That doesn't sound too difficult, but as he approached the exit, he had a sickening feeling that his wife had still not caught up with him. At the very last second, he made the mistake of turning around to make sure she was right behind him and to make sure he wasn't being tricked. And as a result, she disappeared right in front of him and he never saw her again. Moral of the story, don't eat your kids, they don't like it. Don't make deals on behalf of your kids, they don't like that either. Don't go against your wife when she's the Greek goddess of agriculture. I feel like this is where the phrase don't bite the hand that feeds you comes from. And if perchance you are given the opportunity to help someone escape the underworld, don't muck it up. I guarantee you if you do, they will haunt you. What did you think of that story? That was cool. Wasn't that really that interesting? Was interesting? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Greek mythology is so messed up. Dark. Nothing makes sense though, because like like I said with Hercules, I was like, all oh, these fluffy rainbow, la, la 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 la. Zeus was not a nice person. And then I also found out Persephone and Zeus were lovers. I'm like, that's her dad. That's not okay. No, it's not great. No, um, I I knew a little bit about Persephone from you're gonna laugh, um, Percy Jackson, the Lightning Thief. You've never seen Percy Jackson. No. Okay, there's a scene in it anyway that she's there and she's this fabulous goddess of a woman, which makes sense now. But I didn't realise that she was Zeus's daughter. So I was like, that kind of seems like she's super important. Why would she be kidnapped? And then I realised, oh, she wasn't really kidnapped though. He made a deal with his brother. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, just pick one of your nieces there that you want to marry off and make her miserable. But I just think the the mythology behind it all, like the seasons, I think that's really, really cool. Um... It also kind of makes you wonder when people didn't understand about astrology and the rotation of the earth and where the seasons actually come from in that respect. What they, not blamed it on, but what they credited it to. Yeah. And then I thought it was really funny when it was like, oh, what are we going to do when all the mortals die? Who's going to sacrifice all these things to us? And who's going to attribute all these wonderful things to us? And I was like, oh my God, were people really giving up their grains and giving up their foods for all these gods? It's just madness how it all... They were killing the young girls in the village. I didn't read that much into it. That's not the bit that it, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's Greek Greek mythology that you sacrifice the young virgins. Yeah, or uh, I think maybe I'm thinking of like Inca tribes, um, like animal sacrifices. Um, there's definitely definitely animal. But sacrifices. that that still goes on even now. Like. Yeah, but you, you'll you'll hear of um, young children, usually girls. I think sacrifices, and you'll find them like mummified and stuff yeah. when they were. What episode was it that we covered there? Oh, I want to say Edinburgh Castle. Like all the original uses, like what it was used for way, way, way before it was used even as a fortification. Um, And then there was like the seven virgin nuns or something and they found all their bones and all that. So that's not just in Greek mythology, that's in, in any kind of, I suppose you wouldn't really call it folklore because it's, it's history. Um, I just thought that was a really interesting episode because I'd asked uh, openly with listeners and stuff, um, would anyone want to hear anything about it? Because I'd watched Percy Jackson and I was like, God, Greek mythology just fascinates me. It's seriously messed up. But uh, one of our one of our listeners uh, said that she would she she loves Greek mythology and anything otherworldly. And I, I I just thought the underworld was just fascinating to read about. Have you any characters for me? I have a couple. I just want to clarify. Okay. Uh, Zeus is the dad. Yes. Demeter is the mom. And also the sister. But go on. <laughs> Persephone is the daughter. Yes. And Hades is. The brother to Zeus, the brother to Dimitri, the uncle to Persephone, and then the husband to Persephone. Yes, yes. So he's a handyman. He's an all-round kind of <laughs> yeah. picture-upper kind of guy. Okay, yeah. so 
as tradition dictates, I'm going to pick from a particular. So this is going to be a, like a Piggy Blinder cast. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Zeus played by Killian Murphy. That's probably the only person who's in Peaky Blinders that I know because I've never yeah. watched it. But yes, I can okay. see that. So, uh, Demeanor is the mom, uh, a strong female character. Now, this particular character has since passed away, but oh. uh, Helen McCroy okay. played Polly in uh, Peaky Blinders. Was that his missus? Uh, now, Polly was kind of like the aunt of everybody. Oh, okay. Um, Persephone, mm-hmm. the daughter. Uh, this is a more recent character to the later series Anya Taylor-Joy plays Gina okay she is an American partner lover wife of one of the Peaky Blinders okay you may know her as uh, the Queen's Gambit girl I was actually just about to say to you I love people with triple barrel names so Mm -hmm. that's why it was sticking in my head I was like I've heard that before yeah go on and then Hades played by Paul Anderson who is Arthur who is Cillian uh, Murphy's brother in Peaky Blinders very good it, it sounds like it could be like a modern day take on it it could be a lot, of mixed, see, a lot of mixed accents thrown in there this is what I'm thinking though in Greek mythology brothers are sleeping with sisters and sisters sisters are sleeping with brothers and then there is I, I didn't read too much into it because I kind of thought it was a bit gross but there is one or two stories where Zeus and Persephone were lovers and I'm kind of like is this why everybody had superpowers because Tutankhamun's parents were brother and sister and he was born with a couple of different defects very life altering defects he walked most of his life from the minute he was able to walk he walked most of his life with a walking stick so I'm kind of like are all the gods trying to keep the bloodline pure or is that actually how they have their superpowers it's like they're extra concentrated because it's like the goddess of fertility mixes with the god of war and all of a sudden they have this baby who's like I love everybody but I hate everybody war baby yeah war baby I think that's the name of the film isn't it should, I don't know we'll make one <laughs> but this is this is what I was like maybe maybe they were and the Egyptians were the exact same they were so fixated with keeping the bloodline pure whatever the hell that means I'm like mm, yeah but your babies are being born with like 57 toes like mm. but, the, but the blood is clean yes but the blood is clean although 57 toes could be a superpower you'd be a, like a really fast swimmer I was gonna say I'm yeah. so sorry I stole it from you uh, I didn't fall down a rabbit hole this week okay uh, th- this whole Greek mythology thing was a bit of a a rabbit hole for me because I kept getting stuck not stuck but I kept getting like oh what's this I might read a little bit more about Rhea and then I realised that Rhea's mum and dad were both as far as I know they were both titans and they were brother and sister and I was like I can't can't read anymore I just I can't read it so I didn't fall down a rabbit hole this week I do apologise but that's like a super short episode it felt like a really long story but it's a super short episode oh it was a little snippet little snippet Mm -hmm. we finish up there Say your words. Okay. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you would like to contact us in any way, our socials are What's the Story Ghost on Instagram and What's the Story Ghost at gmail.com is our email if you have any personal stories. And those are all my words. Exit jingle. Exit jingle. Bye. Bye. Can you tell I wasn't prepared for the exit jingle? <laughs> A little bit.